Welcome to this episode of Fast Track Your Yachting Career. My name is Roger Overall. I work with Yachting Financial Solutions. With me today again is Teresa, who is a director of Yachting Financial Solutions and also a founder of the YIFSOR Partnership. Teresa, hello. Hello, Roger. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. So we're here to help you find that first job in the super yacht business. So Teresa, let's run through the steps that uh, that people can can take to to in, to increase their chances of getting that first job in yachting. Where would you start? What's the number one thing that you would look at if you were going into yachting today? Okay, I think first of all, let's start at the very beginning and have a have a very cool look first. You know, is this really the job for you? Because you're going to save yourself a lot of time if it isn't. (laughs) So two things to think about. First of all, what exactly are you looking for? Are you just looking for a short-term seasonal job just to earn some extra money in between school and university or, or something like that? Or are you actually looking for a career in the industry? Because that will affect the sort of job that you actually look for. So that's one part of step one. The second part is you need to think about the industry quite clearly. It looks, of course, from the outside, very glamorous, but working on board is not the same as being a guest. And of course, on the positive side, yes, you get to travel around the world and paid to do so, meet all sorts of people, your living expenses will be paid, your salary could be tax free. So you get to spend or save the majority of it. All good news so far. However, on the not so plus side, entry level jobs, particularly in yachting, are physically very demanding and often monotonous with long, unpredictable hours. You don't get to go home at the end of the day, and you are living in close quarters with your workmates far from home. Is that okay? If the answer is yes, let's move on to step two. What, what, what then is the, is, the, is the next thing that people should think about when they start looking for their job or, or tentatively uh, starting in the yachting in the yachting scene. Okay, well, I I wouldn't be tentative. I think it's vital to be positive. From you've decided to do it, and it's vital to be positive from day one. So, first step: Do you look the part? Check your appearance. Make sure, if you're keen on having lots of bits of ironmongery decorating your various parts of your body. Remove them. If you have tattoos, make sure that they aren't visible when wearing a polo shirt and shorts. Have a look in a few yachting magazines to see what yacht crew look like, because there is quite a definite style. Think fit and healthy, fairly conventional looking. That's the look you need to go for. Okay, so you look the part, you've looked in the magazines, you've looked online and you think, yes, I fit this. Look, that is me. I see myself reflected back from what I'm seeing on the screen. What's the next thing that you need to consider? You need some qualifications. Well, a basic qualification if you want to work in the super yacht industry. You need to complete what is called an STCW, which is Standards of Training, Certification and Watchkeeping. This is approximately a one-week course. 
Some of it is available online, but you can also do it in person at most of the major yachting centres, for example, Antibes, Palmer or Warshash in the UK. The other thing you're going to need, you will have to pass an ENG1 medical. Normally speaking, if the boat is interested in you, they may well arrange that for you. But to boost your employment possibilities, perhaps particularly if you're new to the industry, you could arrange to have that medical done yourself. So that would kind of put you ahead, clearly, of somebody that hasn't had the medical. And sometimes boats are in a real rush to pick up an extra person. So if you've got your STCW and your medical and hopefully a European passport, you could be the one. And one of the other things that occurs to me that if you've already got your ENG one sorted out, you're not only communicating, you're not only making it easier for prospective employer because you've already got it done. You're also communicating something else. You are communicating that you are keen, that you are a go-getter, that you're a self-starter, that you've done some research. These are all very positive things because it means you've gone out and you've done it already off your own bat. Absolutely. The thing about super yachts is this is an environment where that kind of attitude is welcomed. So anyway, so, so you're communicating much more than that you're a fit person. You're communicating a mindset as well, which is very important. Yeah, a can-do, resourceful mindset. That's got to be good. So you've got your qualifications, you've, you, you fit the profile, and you've absolutely decided, yes, I want to do this. What's the next step to do? You need to get yourself SAP to a yachting centre. So if it's the Mediterranean season... Uh, which basically starts in April, you need to be in one of the major Mediterranean superyacht ports, whether it's Palmer in Mallorca or Antibes in France, for example, you need to get there. This won't be so important once you have an established track record in the yachting industry, but as a newbie to the industry, you need to be on the spot. What what kind of, can you give an, an idea of some of the locations? I mean, you've already highlighted some of them, but um, if you were to say, okay, if you're going to the Mediterranean, what are, say, the top three that people should should consider going to? Well, I would suggest going to somewhere in the Antibes can area. That would be good. Otherwise, going to Palmer in Mallorca, that, there's a big yachting scene there. Thirdly, Barcelona might, there is also a reasonable amount there. That's another possibility. Also San Remo in Italy. It's going to cost you quite a lot of money to hang about or try to try and find a job. So the sensible thing to do is probably to hit one of these centres. And the key thing about going, say, to France, is that virtually all the ports on the Côte d'Azur, and indeed including ports in Italy, are all accessible from, from the Côte d'Azur. And you need to get there perhaps mid mid to late March. A lot of things don't really get moving before that. But it would be sensible if you are going to prepare before that, you, that you've already done your STCW and possibly got your ENG1 as well. So once you arrive, what's, what happens when, once you arrive? What should, what should you start doing when you get there? When you, when you arrive, you need to sign up with as many local crew agencies as you can. 
You also need to go dock walking. So um, what you're doing there is each morning you pick one of the ports, you walk around the port early in the morning, 7, 7.30, let's say, and you ask all the boats, do they need some help for a few days or today? And you also hand them your CV. And eventually what will happen is somebody will need you and that will kickstart your yachting career, hopefully. Just a, a silly question, maybe that your CV, what language should that be in? Oh, English, absolutely. You must be a fluent English speaker. Okay, so you've walked the docks, you've handed out your CV, you've gone to the crewing agencies. Is there anything else you can do locally to, to, to get yourself on the radar or to get yourself known as somebody who's looking for a position? Absolutely. There's in a lot of these yachting centres, they have crew houses where people looking for, for yacht, yacht, yachting work are staying. Make sure you stay in one of these. It's a great place to network and make contacts and you might hear of some jobs that are available. The other thing to do, although you know, we completely understand you're probably on a bit of a restricted budget, but it is still important to check out in the town, you know, which bars and pubs, restaurants even, you see yacht crew congregating at and make sure you go there. Again, that gives you the opportunity to, to meet other yacht crew and network and you just may hear of a job that's available. The other thing, of course, that um, you mustn't forget is it's great to be out there in the physical world, the real world, going to boats, going to crew agencies, going to bars, staying in the crew houses. But we mustn't forget the online possibilities as well, of course. Absolutely. You, you'll find that there's quite a few yacht crew Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, Instagram maybe. You, you need to join as many of these social media groups that you possibly can. Crew agencies, you know, not surprisingly, do charge for crew placement. So you will get boats that do put messages on Facebook or social media to try and find crew more cost efficiently. So that could be your way in. There are crew groups on Facebook, for instance, for per locations. So you've got the Antibes Yacht Crew Facebook group. There's, there, there's one for Palmer. There's one for uh, the Caribbean. There's loads of them. There's absolutely loads of them. And they're very accommodating. They're very, you know, clearly if they see that you're a sensible person who's interested in yachting, they will let you join. And those, they're very, very good. If you look on Facebook, you will see regularly positions come up now one of the things of course is they need somebody quickly so if you're in the location if you're available that just makes it so much easier for you to snap up that opportunity and say yes i am here okay so you've pretty much done all you can to get the interview to get noticed to be invited to come and talk what what kind of considerations should people have if they if they're fortunate enough to get a to get an interview first of all make sure you look like professional yacht crew. You know, if you, if you look like it, you can be it, I think. Make sure that you have as many of the potential documents as possible. Obviously, your CV, your STCW certificate, your ENG1 certificate, if you've got that. When you're being interviewed, make sure that if you have any additional skills that could be useful on board, make sure that you highlight those. Are you a dive master? Do you have hairdressing or hospitality experience? 
do you have any sailing experience? Do you speak a foreign language? You might not be a chef, but could you step in and prepare crew meals if necessary? Any of these kind of things could give you the edge on other applicants. Do you have an EU passport? Don't just assume that whoever's interviewing you is aware of that. It's always worth pointing out. And after that, well, very best of luck. If you don't uh, land the first job, persistence is the key. Keep going. You will get there and you will get your break into the industry. So we hope that's given you a good overview and some very practical advice and tips for how you can make your uh, transition in, into the industry as easy as possible, uh, that you're stacking the cards in your favor. So you're the one who gets the job, that you're the one who is noticed and offered the position on board. You can find out more about Yachting Financial Solutions at yifsol.com, Y-F-S-O-L.com. And importantly, we have a whole rake of articles and features under the Fast Track Your Yachting Career banner that will give you all kinds of very, very useful information, insight, support and tips so that you can make the most of your career in yachting. Thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen to us today and do join us again on the next episode of Fast Track Your Yachting Career. Until then, safe travels and safe sailing. And very best of luck.